I want to recognize some people before we get started uh, that have graduated from Growth Track in the last three months. And so just today, I want to pause and just say thank you to those who have crossed the line, who have decided, hey, I'm going to take my next step in God and what God has for my life. And uh, Growth Track is a four-step process that we have around here every month, meets during this service and during our second service. And so uh, these folks, uh, I think we had just had seven that graduated uh, recently and then a few months before we had some others. So uh, if you just recently in the last few months graduated out of growth track, uh, would you stand up here if you're here this morning? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, awesome. Okay, I want to I wanna pray for these people, all right? Can we do that together? Father, we thank you for those who have crossed the line. They, they just said, you know, I don't want to just be here. I want to activate my faith. I want to activate the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to see what God has for me in this church family. So God, we thank you for how you're building our CFAM, our Crossroads Church family, and uh, helping us to reach more people as a result of those who are being raised up here in our midst. So God, we pray a special blessing on these folks today. We pray that you'll bless them in every way that you can bless and that you will use them for your honor and glory. And God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give them another hand clap. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. It's awesome. And uh, Growth Track starts up next Sunday, so uh, those of you who haven't gone through Growth Track, make sure you make plans to do that next week. And while you're excited and putting your hands together, I don't know who all might be watching today and where from, even from maybe the snake pit in the middle of the two-and-a-half-mile racetrack up the road, the Indianapolis 500 today. I don't know. Maybe we're on somebody's, somebody's uh, phone there. Come on, make some noise for those who are tuned in today. Wherever you're from, put it in the chat, all right? Uh, whether you're from Indianapolis or you're from uh, Timbuktu. Is there a Timbuktu? I don't know, but if there is... Um, put that in there. We love knowing uh, where you're watching from. Today, we're continuing on the message series on the Holy Spirit, and we're spending five Sundays on the Holy Spirit to help you because here's the sad fact is you could have been reared in church and not really know much about the Holy Spirit. It is possible that you could have gone to church for a while and you never heard about the Holy Spirit or didn't hear much about the Holy Spirit. So we're going to fix that around here for those of you who haven't heard about the Holy Spirit and uh, help you to know uh, who the Holy Spirit is. Last week we talked about how I'm not enough, but the Holy Spirit in me doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me, right? I'm a better me when I have the Holy Spirit working in my life. And so as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, we become a better us than we would otherwise. Now, the reason why some of you have never heard about the Holy Spirit is because of something called cessationism, cessationist theology. Cessationist theology means that something ceased to be. In other words, God used to do it this way, or he used to do this, but he no longer does that. And, and so some people believe that in regard to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit used to do certain things, but he does not do those things anymore. 
But I'm glad that the scripture says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want you to know you're sitting in a church today that believes that, that believes that, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think if we ever needed the Holy Spirit, it's today. Did you know that there are more people being killed for their testimony in, about Jesus than ever in the history of the planet? Some of us think, oh, yeah, they used to do. No, more people today die because of their faith in Jesus. And I'm telling you, we need his power right? We need his power. How many of you, you know you need his power in your life? You need the Holy Spirit's power. All right, today uh, we're going to make some noise, all right? You get ready to shout and you get ready to do some things maybe you haven't done in church, but you do it in Lucas Oil uh, Stadium all the time and you do it uh, at Victory Field and you do it other places for people who could care less about you uh, who are running with a piece of leather, a pigskin, whatever that is, and uh, a bunch of hot air in it. And today, I want you to know Jesus has done some things for you and wants to do some things in your life, and we need to be excited about that, right? We need to be excited about it. So, with that in mind, turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read several scriptures today from different places in the Bible, because I want you to know the Holy Spirit's all over the Bible, as a matter of fact, he shows up in the beginning. It says, in the beginning, the Spirit of God was moving on the earth. So from the very beginning of the Bible to the very end of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is all over the pages of this book. And so I want you to see that today as we jump around to a few different scriptures. We'll start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Paul says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I want you to know that God is a giver. God is a giver. God is love, and you can't love without giving. God doesn't just have love. God is love. And so God loves to give. He loves to give to us. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. We're going to talk this morning about gifts that God gives. Now, <coughs> God gives gifts to us. And the thing about a gift is when it's given, you don't have to receive it, right? It's up to the receiver to take the gift. So in other words, God could be giving gifts to us, but we're not receiving them. We're not taking them. And so I want you to see three gifts the Bible speaks of that God gives. It's interesting because it's like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all want to give to us. The first gift that I want to bring out to you is the gift of eternal life. The gift of eternal life. I believe this is the most important gift because it determines whether you go to heaven or hell. It determines whether you will experience God in this life. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And we covered this verse back a few months ago when we talked about how to share our faith with other people because this is a great verse to use to share with other people. For the wages of sin is death, the Bible says. So in other words, what you deserve are wages, right? You, you get paid. So if you work 40 hours, you expect to get paid 40 hours, amen? 
Come on, somebody, right? Don't be cheating me on my, on my check, right? Don't be checking me. I'll be in HR, right? I, I will be there because I, I want to make sure I get paid. But see, the Bible says what you deserve is death. What you deserve is hell. But the gift of God, notice that, is a gift. God's gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many are glad for that gift? <clears throat> so Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says it like this. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. So we receive this incredible gift, this incredible gift that God wants to give is salvation from our sins. Our sins are removed by him and we get to go to heaven. Again, that's the most important gift that you could get. It not only affects today, it affects tomorrow. It not only affects tomorrow, it affects eternity. Whether or not you spend eternity in heaven or hell is determined by you receiving that gift. And I just want to say, there are people in this service, just like the last service, who need that gift. You've, you've not received that gift yet. And, and here's the beauty of this gift is that you don't have to worry about Am I going to go to heaven? See, there are a lot of people, oh, I hope my good outweighs my bad. I, I'm, I'm counting on, you know, uh, that I've been to church, I've reared in church. You know, there's a lot of people not certain about something God wants you to be certain about. And the reason why you can be certain is you've received the gift. See, it's not about, I hope I earned enough. When the thief on the cross reached out to Jesus and said, hey, I believe, can, I, can you take me into your kingdom with you? Jesus turned to him and said, well, you need to get baptized. Is that what he said? No. Did he say, well, find time for that. You're kind of last minute Larry here trying to get in on it at the last minute and uh, you're good, can't outweigh your bad because you were a really bad guy. That's why you're being crucified. You deserve the death penalty. And so, too bad, so sad. Is that what Jesus said? No, here's what he said. This day, this moment, you'll be with me in paradise, in heaven. Now, how did Jesus say that? Because it's a gift. Because that guy didn't need to earn it, deserve it, or do anything. It wasn't about what he did. It's about what Jesus did for him that enabled him to receive the greatest gift that anybody could receive. That right now in the snake pit, come on somebody, you can receive the greatest gift that God has for you, the gift of eternal life. If you are glad for that gift, make some noise in this house right now. Yeah. All right, here, here's the next gift. Then Jesus wants to give us a gift too. And the gift that the Bible says that Jesus wants to give to you is the gift of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, hey, I baptize in water. But Jesus, he is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He, he says, I, I do water baptism, but he does spirit baptism. How does he do that? Acts chapter 1, verse 4 says, Jesus is speaking. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift 
my father promised, which you've heard me talk about, because Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit. For John, and then he quotes John, John baptized with water, but in a few days, like John said, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive the Holy Spirit like you have never experienced the Holy Spirit before. And for some of you, that's the next gift you need to receive. You need to let Jesus baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to talk more about that next week. So don't miss next week because next week could change your life forever, all right, because, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. But then there's a third gift that the Holy Spirit gives. And the Bible says what he gives are spiritual gifts, that he gives spiritual gifts to us. And sadly, what statistics say, people who study the church and interview people in church and things like that, here's what they estimate that 80% of people in American churches do not know their spiritual gift. I don't know about you, but that's sad. If 80% of people who attend American churches don't know their gift, see, this is why we have growth track, because you need to go to growth track and figure out your spiritual gift. One of the goals of growth track is you will graduate, you'll come out of growth track knowing your spiritual gift or gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. Let's read about it. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Now, the two words that are used there, spiritual gifts, it is the word charismata in the original language. And maybe you've heard the word charismatic. And, and so it comes from that word. And, and, and this charismata it is spiritual gifts. It's, it's translated spiritual gifts. But then the grace that, the, that God uses to give it is the word charis. And it's interesting because those two words are almost the same. And, and so what God is saying is, is this, a, this is a grace gift. You don't get gifted because you're so good. In other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, oh, look at them. They are so holy. They are so incredible. They have not missed a service this year. They have been to church every week. I'm going to give them something. No. That's not how this works. The Holy Spirit decides and determines what spiritual gift he will give to each person. And here's a definition of spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability that God gives to each so that together we can advance his purposes in this world. So, in other words, you didn't take a bunch of lessons. It, it wasn't about you were skilled or whatever. Now, he can enhance those, but, but the difference is it's supernatural. People look at you and say, now that, that was like God doing that. When, when they showed me mercy, when they loved on me, when, when they used that gift, it, it was like God doing that. So the hope of God today is not that we would gather in a big place and some of us would complain about the music or we'd complain about the temperature in the room. Or we'd complain about the coffee, whether it was strong enough or wasn't strong enough. I don't know why they can't get it right or whatever. Okay, now I'm talking about the church down the street, right? I'm not talking about this church. God, God's dream about today is not that you would come into this place and have a spiritual moment. That, that you would, during a song or something like that, like, say, oh, that Waymaker, 
Wow. That, just, I, that raises a hair on the back of my head when they sing that, you know. That, that's not what God's dream for you is. God's dream for you and I is not that we would just come into this room and have some goosebumps. And I'm all about goosebumps, all right? I'll take me some goosebumps. You know, I, I like that. But God is not here for your spiritual entertainment. God is here to fill you with the power so that you will realize you didn't come to church. You are the church. You are the church. You are, you are the body of Christ, right? This is what the Bible teaches, that Jesus' body, physical body, went up into heaven, but then the Spirit came down, and we became the body of Christ on the planet. And I'll tell you what, the devil does not want you to learn that. He schemes against that because, listen, if you would know who you are, and know what he's equipped you to do, the devil knows he is in trouble. His kingdom will be impacted. He knows that you can do damage to him if you would get this today and if you would act upon it. Now, I know when you read the Bible, sometimes you read about Samson doing stuff or different people, you know, Elisha, Elijah, and and being used in special ways. And and you look at that and you think, oh, well, I, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't be able to be used like that. But then Jesus, it's so great. When Jesus comes on the scene, he picks people no one would pick. Were you that kid in school? Come on, somebody kickball or whatever, you're like, mm-hmm, I'll be last. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take the, the guy that can't hardly walk here, you know, because <laughs> that kid, he can't hit the ball. He can't, you know. Maybe you were like that, and, and you couldn't hardly, and you were like last picked. And, and guess what? You're first picked with Jesus. You're the first one picked. And, and he says, because it's not about you is about me and you. And so he picked these common people, and it wasn't just 12. 12 were in the upper room, but the Bible says there were 120 in the upper room. And they were all like normal people, but the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, and the whole town came unglued. Everybody was wondering, what in the world is going on here? And Peter said, I want you to know something. This was prophesied about a long time ago, that God would do this. And God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Guess what? That's rich flesh, and that's poor flesh. That's black flesh, and that's white flesh. That's every kind of flesh that you can have fleshed out, all right? It's like every kind of flesh, I'm pouring it out on everybody. Anyone can receive. And as a matter of fact, Peter, when he's quoting this, it says, and on your sons and your daughters. What? Daughters? Women can talk in church? Women can do something? He said, oh, yeah. Yeah, God said, on the daughters, too. And and the sons and the daughters are going to prophesy. And the men and the women. How many? Ladies, come on. I thought you'd be in my corner today, huh? So so he said, I'm coming out. I'm pouring it out on everybody. But here's what happened. It it, it took off. It exploded. Thousands and thousands of people started getting saved. Culture started changing in different cities, in different places. 
Listen, so much so that within 300 years, the Roman Empire said, you know what? We're not going to kill Christians anymore. We're going to become Christians. And the whole government changed and accepted and adopted and later adapted Christianity as their religion. But see, here's what happened. Within a little while of time, a new word got invented called clergy. Clergy is a word that you probably know, you've heard it, but it's not in the Bible. It's not anywhere in the Bible. But a word was invented, clergy and laity. And what began to happen is everybody said, oh, the people on the platform, the people on the stage, the people up front, they're the anointed ones. They're the ones that can teach the Bible. They're the ones who, who can do all these things. We, we just come. We just come. And, and so what happened is, is everybody started looking and, and saying, well, that's what, that's what they do. And, and listen, you may be here today and you say, well, Craig, that's what we do. We pay you to do that. No, you don't. No. No, here's what you do. You pay me to teach you how to do it. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter four. It says that, that my, my task is to provide you growth track. It is to do a teaching like I'm doing right now so that you can be equipped, Ephesians four says, to do the work of the ministry. So you are, in fact, a minister. You are gifted. Now, again, if you want to know what your gift is, you go to Growth Track. I want to teach you this morning why you're gifted. Why are you gifted? The first thing that you need to know of why you're gifted is all are called to minister. All are called. Turn to the person next to you. Just say, all are called. All are called. We're, we're all called. God calls everyone into the ministry. And here's why. Because I'm not enough. See, if I've got to reach, or a staff of this church, we've got to reach the whole county. There's just no way. But, but if we could equip hundreds of people, I believe God wants Crossroads Church to not just impact the Avon area, but the whole entire Hendricks County. I believe that's what God wants us to do. So, so here's what God does. God puts the same spirit in you that he put in Jesus. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he comes and he lives in you. And, and the Old Testament word for spirit was ruach, okay? And I know you gotta be careful when you say that so you don't mess with somebody. Uh, but maybe uh, ruach, okay, is the Hebrew word. And here's what it means. Here, here's what the, the most direct translation is, is wind. And, and when you read the story in Acts chapter two, it makes sense because there was a wind that blew into the room, the Bible says. It's like a wind. And, and here's what God wants to do. God wants you to put up your sail today. God wants you to put up your sail so that when the Holy Spirit begins to blow, when the Holy Spirit begins to move, you move with the Holy Spirit. You begin to do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. How many think that might be a good idea in your life? 
So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says it like this. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, the day you were born, God the Father didn't turn to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, now we got to get something together for this person. Right? They weren't in a conversation in heaven saying, well, here's Craig. Now we need to figure out what we're going to do with him. No. Did you know that before you were ever seen on a sonogram, before you were ever seen on some 3D imagery or whatever, however detailed that was and whatever, and your parents got all excited or whatever, I want you to know way before that, God had a purpose for your life. He had a purpose for your life. And, and God had this purpose, and he says, now we got to get the person to do it. And then you were born. And so what you've got to do is understand before you were ever born, you had a purpose. You, you had something God wanted you to do. Second or 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says it like this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And here's how this works. Is God wants to accomplish something. So what he does is through the Holy Spirit, he gives different gifts. So it can be accomplished. And, and this is the next point, is all are unique and needed. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit, every gift is unique and it's important because here's what happens is we look at other people and especially look up on stage or whatever in, in a place and we say, well, I'm not gifted like him or I'm not gifted like her. I can't sing like that. I can't do those things. And listen, God knew that. God didn't give you the same gift. He gave you a unique gift, a unique combination of your own personality, your own background for you to use your gift in a unique way. First Peter chapter four, let me explain it to you like this. Here's what Peter says. God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So here's what you need to do. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. In another case, Paul, in a humorous way, how many know the Bible's funny? There, there's humor in the Bible. There are some funny stories. There are some funny things in there. And if you don't think the Bible has humor, you haven't read the Bible. Okay? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul's talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit, in, in one case, he says, well, like your body, what if your eye said to your ear, well, I don't need you anymore. He says, how would you be able to hear? Your eye can't hear. It, all it can do is see. So, so how would that work? Or if your hand said to your foot, well, we don't need you anymore. We don't want you here anymore. Then he says, what, what good would that do? How, how about walking on your hands for a day or two? Try that out. And so he says, you know, you just, you need all these different parts because they operate in a different function. And I heard a story about how the spiritual gifts work to illustrate this. So I want to use this that, that helps us to understand the different take that spiritual gifts have on different situations. And so let's just take, for example, if somebody came in holding a plate of food, and somehow or another they trip, they slip, they fall, and, and food goes everywhere, and it's a big mess. What would happen? The mercy gift person would say, oh, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Right? The preaching gift would say, well, that's what happens when you're not careful. 
the serving gift would say, hey, I'll clean it up. Don't worry about it. The teaching gift would say, well, the reason why it fell is I noticed it. There was too much on one side of the plate and it got off balance and that's why it happened. The exhortation gift would say, that's okay. It could happen to anybody. The giving gift would say, hey, here, take my dessert. The administration gift would say, Jim, you get the mop. John, you clean it up. And Mary, you go make another dessert. (laughs) So you can see how these different gifts would operate. And here's what I want to say to the body today, to to each of you as the body of Christ, the the church of Jesus, our CFAM. Don't be an orphan. Don't be an orphan. You need to be a part of the family. You need to be a part of God's intent for each and every one of us. So so here's here's what happens is, is it takes different talents, takes different gifts to operate in different ways. Like kids ministry. There are people who right now during this service are loving sharing with five-year-olds about Jesus who are loving to share with fifth graders about Jesus, who are loving to share with with different kids in a circle and say, hey, what's your prayer request today? All right, let's all pray for Johnny's prayer request that he has today And, and love doing that. And then there's other people who love serving in CSM, our Crossroads Student Ministry. Teenagers. Can you imagine, <laughs> right? Because you were one, right? You know, reaching teenagers, ministers, and, and telling teenagers, hey, you don't have to swirl around in that mess. You don't have to do that. You don't have, God has enough power to enable you to not just get through high school, but to get through, get through life. And to enable you to be more than you otherwise would be. Did you know that we have an adult, young adult ministry from 18 to 30-something? You can come to the well, meets on Wednesday nights. And, and it's growing, and young people are loving it. My daughter, the other day, involved in this, she said, I had one of the best times ever. Because at my table, we got raw. We got, we got down and dirty with stuff and shared out of our hearts, and it was awesome. And, and I was just so thankful that she was so pumped about being a part of ministering to other people. And then we have a seniors ministry. And how many know that takes a special anointing to work with seniors, amen, right? Uh, Come on, seniors, you can laugh at that. You can laugh at that. And and, and so you don't know what your gifting is maybe. And here's what David said. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and so are you. God knit you together in a strategic way. You don't just have a unique fingerprint. You have a unique person. You are a unique individual. And God has something unique for you to do. And this is so important, especially to a culture that's lost its mind. I mean, its way. (laughs) Right? Because... There are people who are like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be, and I think I'm supposed to be this today, but maybe something else tomorrow. And I'm just searching for myself, and I'm just, you know, I'm identifying this way today, and then tomorrow I might, you know, and, and we're just confused. Who knows who you are. It's the person who saw you before anybody else ever saw you. He has a reason. He has a purpose for your life. You you don't have to flounder around. You you don't have to. 
And, and you certainly don't look within because the Bible says that is a mess inside there. You need something higher. You need something greater. And who better to go to than the manufacturer to know why something was made that was made? And here's my hope for you. My hope for you is that you would, you would maybe come to church and say, hey, my name's Craig, and, and I, my purpose is to raise up an army of people who will know who they are and as a result know what they're supposed to do and impact this planet for Jesus. I hope for you that you say, hey, hey, my name's Jane, and, and I, I have such a gift of mercy that God's put in my life, and others of us that have a gift of mercy. We have kind of like a small group, and we go to nursing homes, and we just go and show mercy. We just go and show love, because these are people who, who many times are forgotten, but we don't forget we go every week and we love on them and, and, and make them feel special. Or, or maybe you say, my name's Jim and, and I've made some mistakes. I've made some, mm, I've, made, I've made some mess in my life. But I come out to a group of men who are struggling as well and we're accountable to each other. And what we do is we pray for each other and we read the Bible to each other and we encourage one another and we are moving forward in our faith. God is helping us. Or somebody else says, you know what, my name's, my name's Jerry and I, I go back here and I, I work with kids and I just love it when they have some of these squirrely prayer requests. And, and, and they, you know, just throw stuff out and all. But I know when their eyes light up that they're getting it. I know because, you know, last month, one of them in my group got baptized. And that was like my favorite day in church so far this year. Or somebody else says, you know what? I don't even like coffee but I come to church and I make coffee because I like smelling coffee, number one. But number two, I love serving people. And if I can make somebody feel welcome, if I can make somebody feel like they're empowered today to hold that cup and navigate through a bunch of strangers and, and be able to come into this church, then I feel good about God using my life today. Or somebody else says, yeah, my name's so-and-so. And, -so and I, uh, Craig thinks he's the one preaching and, and teaching people. But I'm telling you, he wouldn't be heard by anybody if it weren't for me pushing the right buttons and turning the right dials and doing everything that needs to be done or to broadcast it out so that people in the snake pit or wherever are hearing Craig today. It's me getting it out. I love that because my dream is that everybody in this church would know who you are and what God has gifted you to do and to be. And here's the last thing, is to help me see who I am. These gifts show us who we are in the body of Christ. I kind of already touched on this. Again, we live in a, a generation that's confused you know, I, I just don't know what my purpose is. I just don't. And, and we live in a culture where people even lose hope in life because they feel hopeless in life. And the only reason why is because you don't know God's purpose for your life. Because you have worth. You, your life has meaning because of the Holy Spirit being in you. Look at what... Romans chapter 12 says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. By the way, if you want to get depressed, just think about yourself a lot. 
right? Am I right? Did, did you know that, that the depressed people, they're thinking a lot about themselves, you know? They got a lot of time on their hands. And, and, and it just is depressing. And, and so he says, do not think of yourself more highly or, or with a warped or improper point of view of yourself. Because that will mess you up if you have an improper view of yourself. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. That word sober could be translated a right mind. How many of you, you struggled with your mind? That, that, and, and, and until you got your mind straightened out, your life was a mess. That, so you needed to get in your right mind. And, and here's what he says. He, he says, you, you, if you get whacked and you have an improper view of your life and, who, and, and if you don't have your right mind, you, you need to get your right mind. And here's what he says how to do that. In accordance with the measure of faith God has given to you. In other words, you've got to go to the creator. You've got to go to the God who made you and say, God, tell me. Tell me who I am. Tell me what I'm supposed to do in life. God, show me, reveal to me. I love how the message version says this, and I'm not gonna read the whole thing because I, I, I wanna wrap this up today. But here, here's what it says. God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what God does for us. In other words, it's not looking inside, it's looking outside. As a matter of fact, I like to say it this way, it's looking upside, looking up. You look up to God. And it's not by what we are or what we do for him. In other words, it's not looking inside that's gonna get you this. In this way, we are like various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. So here's my prayer today. God, help us to be in our right mind. Help us to get, to get this, to understand this, because I'm telling you, if you would get a hold of this today, not only would the church experience phenomenal impact in this community, but I'm telling you, you would be living life to the full and experiencing all God intended for you to experience before you were ever born. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your gift, the first gift of Jesus, and then the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then the spiritual gifts that you give to us. And so God, today, just help us, help us to, to have the Holy Spirit speak to us on what we need to do next. Maybe there's some of you here today that say, Craig, I, I don't feel like I'm living life to the full. I don't feel like I'm using my gifts to the maximum. And I think that's the reason why sometimes I, I maybe get discouraged or I get depressed or whatever. I'm so busy focused on me instead of being focused on others that then I can't see my purpose. That, oh, that's what my life's about. I'm like the hand or I'm like the foot or I'm like the ear. Or I'm like the eye in the body of Christ. And maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I don't wanna miss out on anything God has for me. I want God to use me through the power of his Holy Spirit like never before. Is that your prayer? If it is, just raise your hand in this room. Yeah, just raise it up. Online, hey, just stretch your hand toward the screen. I'm gonna pray for you. Father, some of us, we, we don't know who we are yet. So we need to get to growth track or we need to seek your face. We need to get before you and say, God, 
What have you made me to be? Who have you made me to be? What are my giftings? What can I do in your body in, a, in the power of the Holy Spirit? God, I pray that you will pour out your spirit on all flesh, all flesh in this church, that, that you will pour out your gifts on each person and help them to know what that gift is. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and that first gift that I talked about, the gift of Jesus, maybe that's the gift you've never received, the gift of eternal life. And maybe you're worried because if you were to die today, you're, you're like, well, I hope my good outweighs my bad or I hope somehow, some way I'll get there. I hope this or, and, and maybe you're, you're confused. You, you don't know what the future holds. And, and I'm here to tell you today, you can know if you're going to heaven or not. You can know because you can receive a gift, a gift that you don't deserve, a gift that you don't earn. It's a gift from God. It's a gift of eternal life through Jesus by putting your faith in Jesus and saying, God, I believe you're my savior. I'm not my savior. You're my savior. I believe when you died on the cross 2000 years ago, you did that for me. You didn't do it for you. You did it so that you could pay my price. You could pay for my sin and I can be forgiven, washed and cleansed and have an absolute guarantee certainty that I am going to heaven and experience some of that heaven right here on earth as well. If that's you today and you say, yes, sign me up for that. God, I need you in my life. I need salvation today. Would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. That's me right here. Just raise it up. And online, just type the word decided in the chat. And we're gonna pray for you as well and, and send you resources to help you so that you can move forward in your faith. Come on, let's everybody pray this prayer. Pray this prayer after me so that those around you will be encouraged that raise their hands. Say, dear heavenly father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe his sacrificial death paid for my sin. From this moment forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and giving me a forgiveness that will get me into heaven and fill me with your spirit while here on the earth. Thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let's praise God for those who prayed to receive Jesus.